The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Of course, Enoch Burke and his family are evangelical Christians. They might actually think the Church of England are heretics for considering the use of gender-neutral terms for God, getting rid of the use of the word he. Joining us for the week trending to discuss that and many other things, we have Lorcan Nyan, Head of Training at the Communications Clinic, and Brianna Parkins, author and Irish Times columnist. And Brianna, let's start. What exactly is it that the Church of England is considering? They're looking at gender-neutral language. The Bishop of Litchfield apparently has been exploring the use of gendered language in relation to God for several years. So maybe he isn't so much of a he, maybe it's a she, maybe they might move to a gender-neutral term. I'm not sure what that is. Well, yeah, what could it be? I don't know. Bestie? Mm, What do you think, Lorcan? (laughs) I think, look, if you look at the logic of this, there's actually is a logic to it to a degree, okay? You know, one, the Church of England tends to be, you know, relatively advanced in these things. They tend to be quite good in gender, you know, you know, f- female vicars, being able to get married. They just announced recently... Just really their, rubbing it, it in, yeah, they? Yeah. yeah, and they were able to, you know, to bless a gay union, etc. now in the Church of England. So they tend to be ahead, so there's a logic there. There's also even the Catholic Church is actually aligned on this. They're behind the Catholic Church a little bit because the Catholic Church in the Second Catechism <laughs> says, God is neither a man, God is not a woman, God is God. But then so, hang on, how come you've got God the Father Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Because as you continue on, they say that God is referred to as the Father, but can also be the embodiment of the Mother, and therefore God is God. And God is actually gender neutral according to the Catholic Church as well. Why is the Lord's Prayer our Father? That's why there's a logic to the idea, but it's also ridiculous. It's ridiculous because it's going to help, it's going to fuel the exact kind of people who hate this kind of stuff, who don't want there to be a gender equality, you don't want stuff to be inclusive, who don't want to be inclusive in all of their actions because it fuels them up and says, oh, it's ridiculous because how are we going to say, oh, Father... And there is no answer. I see, Brianna, I think there might be people who would be offended by the idea of replacing our father with, say, well, you said our bestie, our, our father. <laughs> our parent is what's suggested in, 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 in some things, which doesn't necessarily work either. Our parent who art in heaven. I'm not sure yeah, if that's... I'm, and, you know, there, there is conservative critics, surprise, surprise, and organised religion who would have those, um, have hit back and said, yeah, that... that God is called father, can't be substituted by mother. And that was Dr. Ian Paul. And basically, it's the abandonment of the doctrine. It's just silly. It's, it's, but if you have an issue with it, you also have an issue with the second catechism of the Catholic Church, the teachings of the Catholic did Church. You, say, I, can we, did you know the catechism off by heart? Or did you go back and, and well, your Holy Communion teacher listening in now would be so proud. Very, very, so very proud. proud. I, anything I ever say, I know <laughs> off by heart. I don't research before I come on. It's all off the top of my head. They don't give us the stories before we come in. It's all just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, these very learned people. And then as a listener asks the question, does that mean Holy Mary gets downgraded? Oh, to what? Just plain old Mary, Mary next door. Well, Mary was a woman. She was a human. Mm. Yeah, but there's no, there's, yeah. Yeah, but Jesus doesn't get downgraded either, I think. I think that all stays, I think. And Jesus was definitely a man. Again, there's a logic to this, but because it leads to conversations like this, it becomes a foolish (laughs) idea. Because he was God the Son. Okay, and there was a story as well this week back in Kilmacanog, which a lot of people getting very upset by the theft of a Virgin Mary statue. 
Apparently, the Virgin Mary statue was seen at 3 p.m. on public holiday and then by bank holiday Monday, sorry, and then by 6 p.m. it was gone. So it's it's disappeared. And we I used to have a moving statue in Cork, but this is entirely different. But that was back but when you only had one TV channel. You know what I mean? That was a different time in that Ireland. That is true. You've got different TV channels now. I think people got, you know, moved on with their lives and started watching the Kardashians. But I have a feeling that someone woke up the day after the bank holiday with a banging head and a new garden ornament and is panicking and doesn't know what to do with it and it might reappear in the dead of night. But there are two things. Number one, I think if you go back to the moving statues, in some ways it does show that we, we have moved on a little bit because if you read the story, there was no debris or remains. It was a five foot high uh, statue. It was up on the top of a hill, so very, very difficult to move. It didn't break and it doesn't look like anyone's moved and it was in the middle of the day. 30 years ago, this may have been a miracle, but now we kind of look into it and it's say, a straightforward you know, theft. it's a straightforward <laughs> theft now. And if you look at the image of it, it was, it was a difficult thing to move. It's okay, but massive. Can, can we also though, appreciate that there are for some people that would be very very upsetting that these people might have found this as somewhere that they wanted to go and pray that they believe this should be treated with respect and somebody has shown utter disrespect for their beliefs Absolutely Okay and when if you look at the serious point on it and look it is look people and I think that is the kind of the commentary around it is there's a little bit of fun a little bit of fun and then you go through and you say you know what actually Anything religious, anything that is sacred to people, whether you think it should be sacred to yourself or not, does need to be treated with the respect that it deserves. I do think the locals do seem to be quite upset about this as well. And I think, look, anybody in any town in Ireland knows that, you know, we all have a grotto somewhere and it is part of the town. um, And everybody knows where their local grotto is, whether you go there or not. So, yeah, I do take your point, Matt. Maybe we were a bit flippant there, were we? But uh, Like, I'm not religious, but I would not mess with a religious statue. Do you know what I mean? I feel like there's some kind of... Bad, bad karma, bad energy, like an old one coming up behind, chasing you down with rosary beads. Something will happen to you if you. Okay, we're getting lots of suggestions from listeners as to replacement to our Father in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, So we get suggestions like our Creator, our Guardian, the Our Almighty, our Power. Uh, Another one suggesting our Lord and our Lady. Um, our creator is another one from listener. There's lots of people giving this thought. Yeah, creator. I. They're works. all actually very valid, works. aren't they? You don't believe in the idea of creation, is uh, it? I just am not. You're entitled to big, disagree with creationism a if big you want. Thing into that. No, I went to a public school that didn't have religion, so that's that's my line. I, 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 I think if, if we take it in the context that it's people who want to change the our, our father, I think if you're saying the our father, you, you probably are in the in the line of of, yes, of, of thinking. I'm a godless heathen. Yeah, that is me. We, we, we were all thinking that. But, uh. <laughs> okay, but after the theft of the statue of the Virgin Mary, which is still missing, I believe, is it? We haven't heard anything no, about it being recovered. has not recovered. What about the vandalism of the Hill of Tara standing stone? This is really weird. So someone has written and scrolled in, in maybe not the greatest example of graffiti art that I've ever seen. The word fake in big blue letters down, and I'm going to stuff up the pronunciation of this, to the Lee Fall, Lee Fall standing stone. Um, and apparently this has been attacked before. People have actually chipped parts of the monument with like a hammer or a chisel and have taken it home. So the Department of Heritage has said, look, there's little we can do about it. We can maybe set up surveillance, but we can't have someone guarding it 24-7, which I think... I. You know, driving through Ireland um, and and sort of still four years here and being a tourist, I find it amazing that you can just sort of pull up in a field and there's like, you know, ancient ruins and just and like just a sign. And it's amazing. You can go up and you can touch it and there's no, it's accessible. There's no, nothing standing between you and, and the thing. And that's a really lovely thing about Ireland. And I would really hate to see 
monuments lose that because of vandalism. And look, that's actually not something I would have would have considered. But uh, now that you say it, absolutely, it is a lovely thing that we have, and it is something you, you would not want to lose. Nor would you want CCTV to have to be everywhere, or for to have to be fencing you to go over and, and go through, because it would take away from you know the, the mystique of it as well, and, and those experiences. You are just walking through um, on a country walk, and then you can see it. I do find it interesting that it was fake that was written on it, because I'm not yes. entirely sure what point the graffiti artist was trying to make. I don't know if they were trying to say that the stone was fake or that it's not actually the real mystical stone that... Are you actually implying that the gobshite who actually sprayed this was applying considered thought to his or her actions? I think he was uh, probably he or she was 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 applying whatever considered thought something like that can muster for something like this. So they definitely meant something. So I'm trying to work out what they might have meant. I don't know if they thought it wasn't a real stone, or if they thought that the myth around the stone wasn't real, or if the myth was real but this stone wasn't the one that's around the myth. Because the myth is that if uh, if the real ruler of Ireland hit their foot off it, it would scream or cry out or or sing a song. So I'm not sure if they're saying that a different stone does that or that it's fake that that stone does that or that this in fact is not a stone at all. But they must have meant something by putting the word fake or else they would just put their name or, you know, Jimmy was here or whatever they normally do. A conspiracy theory, like it's actually just a 5G tower instead of a rock monument. Yeah, it'd be one of the other conspiracy theories. I need to know Um, more. We should start one. I think you've gone a long way towards starting one fair play to you and that. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. We have lots more to talk about in the week trending with Brianna Parkins and Lorcan Nine. We'll be talking about the Samuel Beckett play that had to be cancelled because only men had auditioned for the parts of the men. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the return of Bertie Faulty. Sorry, it's Basil Faulty, my mistake. And Madonna, who feels that she is victim of ageism and misogynism. That and more when we come back after this. Listener here who says about the return of Faulty Towers and Basil Faulty. Ah, I'm delighted for John, please. He'd finally be able to say those things that he feels can't be said anymore. Now, the emoji in this suggests there is incredible sarcasm from that listener because isn't it the case, Lorcan, that... John Cleese has never done complaining about the things that apparently he says he's not allowed to say. We can't, we can't stop hearing about what John Cleese can't say. He was telling us on his, on his GB News programme when he signed up to present it that he can't say what he wants anymore. He was telling us on BBC Four uh, that he can't say what he wants anymore. He was telling us the BBC would not air him anymore just after they'd aired his said, sitcom that yeah, failed. I said that they wouldn't play Monty Python anymore. They can't because Netflix has all the exclusive rights. <laughs> so look, now he's going to tell us what he's not able to say anymore by rebooting his incredibly successful sitcom from the 70s with Rob Reiner um, involved in directing it so look I think John Cleese has become so 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 boring I think from just consistently going on about woke culture He's turned into the major of Faulty Towers At least the major was a bit doddery though Do you know he doesn't he doesn't come across as necessarily doddery he comes across like he doesn't know what he's saying it's just painful You can't Um, go back either can you Brianna I mean it was dare I say it, a classic of its times, what everybody loved, yeah. Faulty Towers, long before you were born, or Lorcan was born, but it was good. But you can't go back 50 years later, and can also, you? There's, you know, Manuel, the character, probably a bit dodgy, you know, probably a bit racist now. But I kind of love people like John Cleese, who are like, the reasons I'm not getting work opportunities any is because of cancel culture. Cancel culture. Maybe... Instead of just like maybe doing a bit of you know self awareness and drilling down and going, actually, am I that funny? Am I that relevant? It's a bit like me saying I don't have a modelling contract at Paris Fashion Week because I'm too woke and I, my views are wrong. I get that's the thing that's holding me back. Um, I think it's really interesting again that yeah, just that thing about Monty Monty 
Nathan. Um, and he said the BBC won't show it. And yeah, Netflix had the rights, John. Like it just seems like he's just grasping for any reason other than himself not being that particularly funny as, as the reason why he's not on telly anymore. Okay, another listener says this is like Roger Waters re-recording the dark side of the moon. This listener has anticipated we would get to Roger Waters, who was called by the wife of one of his Pink Floyd colleagues this week as an, an anti-Semite and a Putin apologist, Brianna. Yeah, Polly Samson. So I didn't know she actually was a lyricist for them as well. That was, that was my learning of the week. Um, and she wrote, and I'm going to read this 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 tweet out because it's, it's quite, she's, she really squeezed it into 140 characters there. Um, and she just called him an anti-Semitic rotten to your rotten call, also a Putin apologist and a lying, thieving, hypothetical, hypocritic, sorry, hypocritical, tax-avoiding, lip-syncing, misogynist, sick-with-envy megalomania. Oh, God, I hope she's right, because otherwise the legal action is going to be something spectacular. <laughs> like, that is insane that she's fit all that into into that. I mean, the, the lip-syncing part is, is is kind of the petty part of that, but yeah. I enjoy that she threw that in there for good measure. Um, and he sort of fired back and, and said that, you know, he's supported uh, Palestine and he thinks that Israel has committed uh, genocide against Indigenous people. And then he kind of defends performing in Russia because he's like, oh, Moscow, they don't, they don't do that. And it's like, well, do you want to ask the Siberians that and all the Ukrainians? You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, by, by far the best bit of the insult was absolutely just that, that little dig that clearly would hurt him more than anything else of the lip sync. And then we'll move on and go to back back to your real core character. But just throwing that in little drive by dig, I thought I, I was very impressed with that as well. Uh, look, I suppose it, looking at it a slightly like a wider lens, I know absolutely nothing about music. Just to be very, very clear, I did not really know who either of these people were. Uh, but having read into it, I mean, if you read the quotes that he put up on his own website on the Putin apologist bit, I mean, there's a lot of reading to be done there on what he has said. And it's that thing that we see consistently on people who see themselves as of the left, which is hating America and an American father policy so much that they decide, well, everybody who's anti-America has to actually be good rather than just a pox in all their houses. And so he compares and is, is Putin really worse than Biden? And whatever, that's your, your opinion. They're clearly not comparable, but there you go. But then goes and far and says Putin basically is actually a good guy who works with the Russian Federation and does what the Russian people want. And you do see that quite often. And in the Ukrainian war has really highlighted people like that or the war in Ukraine has highlighted that where, yeah, you can have issues with foreign policy from the US. I'd have a lot of issues with what they've done uh, as well. But they then apply that and say, well, anybody who's anti-America must be good. And they've been shown to be quite obviously wrong, but can't admit that they were wrong. <laughs> Too far down the line. Look, I don't like Pink Floyd. I think they're the most self-indulgent, one of the top five self-indulgent bands in, in rock history. Okay. Now, you tell us, Lorcan, about a story that was in the Irish Times last weekend, but we haven't had a chance to get to it yet. A story out of Holland and an attempt to stage Waiting for Godot, Samuel Beckett's play, which has been cancelled. This is the ultimate in cancel culture, perhaps. Tell us why. Because it was actually cancelled, a rarity <laughs> within that culture. Uh, there was a play in, in a university. They were doing a, a, the Waiting for Godot, all-male play, all-male cast. And it's been cancelled because it goes against the university's policy where it has to be inclusive in your casting. Everybody has to get the opportunity. So they said in their casting call, this is for men and therefore only men can apply. That was against the policy of the university. Oh, and now for it has to be cancelled. It's ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? It's ridiculous because the law is grand or the rule is grand, be inclusive, 100%. But you have to be able to apply common sense within your rules. Beckett doesn't let plays, or because he wrote it in his will, plays cannot go on to change the script or change the cast. You're not allowed to do it. You're not able to. It would be the opposite of being inclusive if you had decided, you know what, we let everybody audition 
but only half of you are going to be able to, to get the roles. You have to be able to have space in art that is all male stories, that is all female stories. I'm going to give you an example that is a, a shameless plug. But my mother is in a play uh, uh, in, in Ballyduff in Waterford. Uh, they're the All-Ireland champions uh, in, in amateur dramatics. And it's called The Welkin and it's an all-female cast because it's like uh, 12 angry men but in 1759 in Surrey an all-female cast it would have been ridiculous to audition men and then not give them the role it's a stupidly applied law of rule and university should stop it's a stupid play <laughs> it's like Samuel Beckett oh, like he just did not like women he didn't like women when he was alive he, he objected to women um, starring in that play because he famously said women don't have prostates because one of the characters talks about having to go for a leak off the stage and you're like Samuel women also we um, I think he's really overrated and I don't care if women aren't cast in that play because it's a bad play but I'm not into theatre I don't care about I'm not, I'm not a great one for the arts I'm Australian we're suspicious of it I'm just <laughs> cricket all right we don't really go for that um so it's kind of but if you brought a couple of tinnies to a play would that make things better yeah we do actually have really famous playwrights and we have you know, people who won Nobel prizes and all that kind of thing we do have like a secret you just can't remember their names society you know patrick white and there's louise nara <laughs> you don't hear about them because of eurocentrism so like you just think that we're all down there like banging lids together of pots and just like digging things out of the ground and that's australia but we are actually you know we're a bit smarter than what we let on um, but back to this story, uh, like his state has sued people for putting women in the play and the last one was in 2006. So the director was right in saying, you know, we can't really put it on, but I just don't think you should have put that play on if you know that's, if you know that's what it is. Just junk it completely fine. Have it your way. We won't ever perform it again. Okay, I stay with you, Brianna. What did you think of Madonna at the Grammys this week? I... The photographs of her and her reaction to commentary on the photographs. Yeah, so she was introducing uh, performers, um, and it was uh, Sam Smith and oh my god, Kim Petras, and everyone kind of concentrated on her face, which maybe doesn't look a lot like the Madonna that we would have known maybe twenty years ago. It's a different. It's a different face. Um, and she copped, you know, the usual teasing on the internet and Piers Morgan, the like harbinger angry, the harbinger of anger on Twitter, like just, just like just a hobgoblin of rage, tweeted a photo of her and said, you know, I didn't know it was Halloween, which is, you know, that's like year nine comedy appears. If you're going to be mean, like do a Joan Rivers and be properly funny and savage about it. And something that he never made fun of, say, Simon Cowell for, because Simon Cowell is also on the scale of puffiness when you when you compare them side by side. So I do think that her claims that, you know, the, the, this is ageism and misogyny is correct because in her 40s she released um, an album which saw her, you know, in a leotard doing the splits on the floor and everyone's like, oh, my God, doesn't she look great? doesn't matter how much work she's done. Oh, my God, she looks amazing. She looks like she's 20. So we have made her... Like just be forever youthful, and now we're upset that it's turned out badly. Yeah, I mean, look, it's bullies being bullies, really. But and most bullies don't really get past the age of ten years old, and therefore the quotes are in that way. And then I do think there's almost always a second layer of this where people try to hide behind other things when it's just hiding the bully misogyny, trying to hide behind. Well, actually, is it we're actually just talking about you shouldn't use plastic surgery, or you should grow old gracefully, or that usual nonsense that you hear. But if you go slightly beneath the surface of it, it's always just either bullies looking for a target but or it's people her own face. She's entitled to do with her own face whatever she wants to. I think in general, if everybody would just you know not comment on what people look like consistently, we'd avoid a lot of these 
conversations. If I had Madonna money, I would just be on a yacht. Like I would never talk to another but, person but again. Could it be that a large part of it, apart from, <laughs> and she did some brilliant music back in the 80s and 90s. She's still doing brilliant music. Mm, maybe not as good as it used maybe to be. Maybe it's you who've gotten old. Maybe no, I've, oh. no, I absolutely have gotten old, but I'm getting old <laughs> gracefully. I mean, there is a development built though that if she has traded on her image and looks for yeah. many years, that people are not going to stop commenting on it at this stage of her career, are they? If you look at any female pop star, we demand that they reinvent themselves every few years. And we something that we don't ask of our, of our male rock stars and our male singers, they can just wear a suit. Like Michael Bublé is just going to wear a suit and sing about Christmas for the next 50 years. <laughs> and he's going to be set. But we ask like, you know, uh, Lady Gaga, Beyonce to keep reinventing and you can't look old. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep pushing. You've got to do all those stage stunts. So yeah, I think it's the result of that. I don't know what play you mentioned all women but Yvonne and Galway says that that university decided to put on the vagina monologues with the audition men for it I right. hope so I'd watch that <laughs> just to repeat it's the Welkin and it's by oh no no, no no you, you got your plug in hey, listen can you, you follow American politics avidly Lorcan mm. uh, why did Jill Biden lob the gob on Kamala Harris's husband I was going to try to make points about maybe it was just an odd angle or maybe is, is, there, is there some you know different angle you come out here saying well it's the first second husband and therefore is this a bit sexist and misogyny? but actually it was just odd wasn't it it was just odd when you watch the video it's like no I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it but it was odd you do not normally see platonic kisses like that and you definitely don't see him just before the State of the Union and the wider point I thought Joe Biden's State of the Union was politically absolute genius but this is more interesting it was very 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 odd to look at nothing wrong with it but odd did she just was she going through his cheek and then and then she was like oh no it's too late I can't back out now and you got caught in that mid because I've been caught in the you know when you go in and you go to the wrong side of the person and you almost end up you know kissing them and it's really awkward I'm the type of person who is haunted by any small embarrassing thing I do like I am kept awake by the fact that I called the teacher mum when I was 10 like I will think about this for the next 25 years so I just hope that you know Jill she's not sitting up late at night thinking about this moment for the next 50 years because I would be I kind of would have thought they'd be more used to and cooler because like you know we're obviously very awkward about those things do you kiss do you not kiss do you shake hands you know what what are you supposed to do I would have thought they'd be a bit more used to and a bit cooler about it so I don't know it was I'm it's hard to know uh, what to make of it, Matt. We could we could have more conspiracy theories I would if leave, we wished. I'd have to leave the country and start a new life. I'd be like, see you later. Larkin Nine from the Communications Clinic, Brianna Parkins of the Irish Times. Thank you both so much for being with us here on The Last Word for the Week Trending. And one listener says, uh, Brianna, that your use of the word hobgoblin of rage to describe Piers Morgan is the quote of the year. And we're only in February. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today. Today.